lovers, thank you for tuning in. I am Annabelle. I am Meshach. And this is season two of The The 1% 1% Lovers Lovers Podcast. Where we delve deep and explore the rawness of relationships. We also share tips for how to generate undeniable, unexplainable, endless supplies of love, connection and intimacy with your lover. So come in. Join us. Let's talk. Hello lovers and welcome to episode two, season two. So today, as requested by some of you lovers, I will be talking about what it's like to be loved the 1% lovers way. Um, and I, we loved this request when it came in. Um, I'll be doing it on my own. Meshach's written me down some questions that I'm going to be answering. So that's where we're going to start. It's a bit strange doing this on my own, obviously, because you're used to seeing both of us and hearing both of us. But let's go. Okay, so see, look, even though I'm waiting for him to say something. So what does being loved the 1% way mean to you? Being loved the 1% way means that there's there's always somebody striving to see me. Sometimes in relationships, you know, you can hear, you hear a lot of people saying, you know what, oh, they just don't see me. But because we're committed to each other's personal growth, I know that Meshach's committed to seeing me. So there's an excitement because it's like, if this person doesn't get me, they are committed to seeing me. So it feels special to be loved a 1% way. It feels bespoke. It feels expansive. It feels deep. It feels safe. It feels safe and exciting and beautiful. That's what it feels like. Um, And it's a relief, I think, growing up, experiencing love and seeing love the way it had. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that I don't have to deal with a lot of the things that I would have seen. Okay, so how does this kind of love differ from any other type of love you've experienced before? This love makes me think of... You know, people at all all the weddings, everybody loves a Corinthians, which um, for those who are not familiar with anything biblical or even remotely Christian, Corinthians is the chapter about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not self-seeking. Um, this love feels like all the things that it says in Corinthians. Um which means that, I don't know, it feels, it just feels like there are more chances to win. It feels there are more chances for me to grow. You know, maybe in a regular relationship, and I say that as, with all due respect, anything out of the love that we've cultivated, it's like three strikes and you're out. But with this, there's such scope and space to grow There are spaces and um, room to make mistakes. um, And that's a relief. And there's space to kind of talk. There's space to 
There's space to receive and space to grow into being a real giver of love. There's space. There's just space. Um, so it just feels, again, it just feels so, it feels special and like in some ways that neither of us can do any wrong. We can do things that don't work, but we can't do any wrong. Um, because everything is a conversation. Um, can I describe a particular moment where I felt the intensity of being loved this way? Um, the first thing that comes to mind was when Misha and I were in a very rocky, rocky, rocky space. And there was something that went down in our relationship, which was really, really make or break that involved just not being present in the relationship and operating in, in a way that just wasn't conducive for a relationship that was going to go the distance. And it led to me feeling like I was just not operating like a good person. And I remember going to Meshach and him saying to me, you know what, I need you to forgive yourself. I need you to forgive yourself. And because Meshach was on the receiving end at this particular juncture in our relationship of my unworkable behaviour, I just, one, I couldn't believe it. Because it's the, it's the relief of, if you've ever done something in life to cause harm to another person, emotionally or otherwise... The last thing you're expecting is for them to turn around and say, do you know what? I need you to forgive yourself. That, it, when, when that was said to me, I took that opportunity to actually be in the driver's seat of, I'm going to love you in a way you've never experienced before. Because you are trusting me enough to know that I love you. And that I'm just going to strive to love you in the way that you deserve. So that moment really struck me. I'm like, oh, there are second chances in this relationship. There's an opportunity. There are opportunities. There are several opportunities to really, really love, to give the best of my love and to receive the best of someone else's. So that particular time, especially because it was so turbulent and there was so much confusion and pain, that was like a beaming light coming forward. And that let me know, okay, I, I I want to, like if our relationship had ended there, I would have been so gutted because it was like, I know the way that I can love and I know the way that I want to receive love. And I got to do that. Let me have a look back. So that brings me to the end. I keep saying us. That brings me to the end of um, this first part. I would love for you to go and get some hydration. And maybe have a little mull over what I've just shared. See anything comes up for you. And I'll see you in two shakes of a something's tail. Never know what the animal is. But I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> Lovers, we've selected some of our most powerful activities. And from them, we've curated an exclusive resource just for you. The 1% Lovers Menu. This menu is going to help you unlock deeper levels of love and connection and intimacy with your lover. 
It's going to assist you in making informed choices about the way you can be more playful and creative and confident with the aim of elevating your experiences together. Join the growing community of 1% lovers by clicking the web link in the description to download your free copy. Welcome back, lover, lovers. Um, I forgot to mention for this episode, because I want you to feel comfortable, um, I am recording this from the comfort of our love boudoir, our bedroom. So that's what the echoing is. <laughs> um, I hope you're hydrated. And I'm going to delve back in. You're now listening to the 1% Lovers podcast. And I am Annabelle, and as you can hear, this is a solo show today. Okay, so back into these questions, which are very, very tasty, actually. Before experiencing love this way, what were some of the misconceptions or beliefs you held about love and relationships? It's a really interesting question because before I got into this relationship, From a very young age, I always knew that I wanted the opposite of what I'd seen. My parents were married and they they didn't communicate very well. (laughs) And I, I was raised around a lot of single parent homes. I was raised around a lot of dysfunction as the norm. Um some mild violence and my dad in particular who I wasn't raised with but have a, a great relationship now um, in my adult age he's always said once you have communication in your relationship you win and it's so funny both my parents have actually said that so before getting into this I made my mind up maybe about seven years old I was like I'm gonna be best friends with my husband I'm going to have fun with my my husband I'm gonna see the world and we're just gonna talk about everything and we're just gonna laugh and laugh and laugh I knew that the love that I saw I hadn't seen but I just knew what it was gonna feel like and as I got older and older I was like I want to I want a love that makes me feel uncomfortable because it's so beautiful I want a love that is just communicative and fun and makes me strive to be better. And the indication would be that it made people feel a little bit sick, a little bit uncomfortable. Again, I hadn't seen it. So I just, that was, that was what I'd seen because I'd, like I said, I was surrounded. It was like the moment I saw a couple holding hands or kissing, I was like, oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. And I'm still like that now. So I guess I didn't have any misconceptions, but I just knew that I I wanted it to feel, I just wanted it to feel like second nature, that it was going well. That's what I wanted. And I knew as I got older and older that I needed to manifest it, cultivate it, and then maintain it. Um, how has my perspective on love and relationships evolved since? Okay, that is a loaded question, a loaded answer. I have 
I've had quite an evolution where it comes to relationships and love. I really, really believe in boundaries. I also believe in cultivating your own rules. I don't believe that I'm in a conventional relationship. I really, really champion um, non-monogamous monogamy. I think that having the option, if it suits you, to have a relationship that is... I don't want to, I don't even want to trivialise it by saying open, but having your own set of rules that works for you in a relationship is wonderful. I think that having rules that are workable rather than things that are wrong creates space for expansion. Um, I believe in conversation. I believe in transformation. I believe in maintenance, emotional maintenance, emotional repair. You know, grew up with things like, you know, you can't come back from this, you can't come back for that. And me speaking for myself, there are things that if there's integrity and authenticity, you can come back from. If one is willing to work hard to build something that is robust, that's absolutely attainable. Um, and that you can have the most beautiful relationship you never, you've never thought could exist. And I am in absolute. And I say this knowing that we still have disagreements, but we've got our sacred union secrets, which if you have done any of our five day challenges or seen um, on our page are the tools we use in which to navigate our relationship, especially through icky bits. I'm in a blissful relationship. I'm in a relationship where there is trust, where there is fun. And, you know, the only way my relationship will crumble it will be from the inside out and never from the outside in. And I sleep well every day knowing that. Um... And it's a privilege that I have afforded to myself because it, it. I just, based on what I had seen and experienced growing up, I just didn't know it was an option. I had to create that option for myself. And I'm so glad that whatever was put into the fabric of my being to do that, that I did. How has being loved in this manner influenced or changed the dynamics of the relationship? Did I read that already? How has being loved in this manner? Um, it's given me confidence. I, you know, one of the things that we, Misha and I are both on board with is that the first love that you need to know and give and cultivate is the one you have with yourself. I have a wonderful relationship with myself where I've come to a place where I can really see my, my true inner beauty and I'm not just talking about aesthetically I never gave two shits about beauty growing up it wasn't something that I felt like was even afforded to me it wasn't something that mattered my character was always so important my sense of humor my ability like my, my life skills uh, my ability to get on with people or not my ability to say yes or no to have autonomy I'm just I just feel confident because no matter where I go, my relationship with myself lets me know that I'm I'm not replaceable. And if I am, if I am, 
then whatever is meant to be will be. Um, there's a security that I have. And it's so funny because even from a family, like in terms of support from close friends and family in the beginning of our relationship, I didn't get that. There wasn't any, there wasn't any support or anyone really championing it. It was almost like, what makes you think that you can have this? So I hid, I hid within myself the relationship, you know, because I wanted to, I wanted to preserve it. I never spoke about our relationship outside of literally the lowercase o version of, you know, our inner circle, my inner circle, which are my chosen family, which are my friends. Because I just thought, I don't want any, I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable and then put their, their negative energy on a relationship. So I was like, I just keep it to myself and just enjoy my little haven. But I feel confident. I feel beautiful. I feel strong. I feel like I've got a better sense of integrity. It's allowed me to be, you know, a present mother. It's it's afforded me to... I think of my, my friendships as many uh, marriages. So it means I'm in for the long haul. It means that when I have a disagreement with somebody I deem as a friend, I'm not going anywhere. We're just dealing with this thing. Um, it's given me a grander sense of self. Like last year, I solo dated myself for the entirety of the year with the support of Meshach. And I'm just getting to tap more and more into myself pour more and more into myself, which means I get to pour more and more into my 1% love. Um, And I love it here. I really do. And it means that today I can... I can just enjoy what I've built. It's a great place to be. Um, And the love that I have with Meshach has been one of my greatest influences. He is one of my greatest influences. Like... He says that I'm his partner in crime solving and I totally get it. Like, we're as thick as thieves. Like, the shenanigans are through the roof. The love is through the loop, the roof. The opportunities, which, you know, is what, is what we call our disagreements, are through the roof. And, the, and uh, the breakthroughs, the breakdowns and the breakthroughs are through the roof. And at every corner, I know who I'm dealing with, one with myself, and with him, I know who I'm dealing with because I know who I am. He knows who he is. And we're both just continuing, continuously presenting ourselves and bringing our best selves. So it's influenced me to do that on a larger scale outside of our relationship. Yeah. So, lover, this is your opportunity to get... I don't know, a biscuit now, maybe to go with your cup of tea, some water. Um, We're going to have another little break and I'll be right back. Have you been struggling in your relationship? Does it feel like you're always arguing or disagreeing with your lover? Have you been feeling like you're growing apart from each other? Are you both finding it really difficult to kindle your passion for and attraction to each other? If so... We know exactly how you're feeling because we've been there too. 
And this is exactly why we've created our virtual event called the 1% Lovers 5-Day Catalyze Your Love Connection Challenge. Within this event, we share five sacred union secrets which are guaranteed to improve your communication, deepen your intimacy, strengthen your connection and generate fulfillment in your relationship. Register your virtual seat for free by clicking the link in the description and tell a friend to tell a friend. Welcome back lovers. I'm here with the third and final part of this podcast and I've really enjoyed myself. Before I launch in, I want to share some very exciting news. Um, No, I'm not pregnant. (laughs) On the 20th of August 2023, the 1% Lovers, the Spoon Estate will be giving a talk at the Medicine Festival And we will be giving a talk as part of the Ubuntu Village. We'll be sharing some of our tips. We'll be talking about our intimacy, alchemy. And it would be incredible if we could see some of your wonderful, beautiful, delicious faces there. There is a link in the description for this episode. So click that link, get yourself some tickets. And if not, just enjoy some of the BTS that we'll be sharing but we're really, really excited about that. Okay, dramatic pause over. Let's launch into part three. Okay, so these are, like I said, some of the questions based on what you, the lovers, have sent in and what Mishak has cultivated for me. So in what ways has being loved the 1% way contributed to your personal growth or self-awareness? First and foremost, I just see that there's another way. There's another way to love. Um, And that is really important as a growth mindset. As some of you might know, the whole concept of being a 1% lover is paralleled with the 1% um, being part of the 1% of wealth, which um, is the notion that 99% of the word's wealth belongs to the 1%. And being a 1% lover, I see that there is different. There's another way of love that exists where you're completely accepted, where you're completely revered, where you're adorned with love, where you get a chance to be your best self, where you get to present as your best self, where everything is workable, everything is figureoutable, and everything's just delicious. So it just shows, it shown me and shows me that there is a 1% version of everything, I guess, if I'm willing to look and dig deep enough. So that's what it's done for me. And um, it's helped me be self-aware because some of the things in which we use, some of the tools like the Sacred Union Secrets, where I have to look, we have to dig, it's about, it's very much so about self-awareness. Once you're self-aware, then you are able to move more powerfully in the world because you know and get acquainted with the way in which you operate, in which you function when you're triggered, when you are operating at your highest self. So I, it's really a place for me to remember when I'm out in the big bad world or the big wonderful world 
that um, another way exists and I can present my best. So that's that. Um, if I could encapsulate or uh, my gratitude or feelings about this love in a few words or a phrase, what would it be? <laughs> Sensational. Don't ignore that crime going in the background. What would it be? My 1% love is expansive and is, a, is, an, is an endless wellspring of growth. Somewhere between those two. But if it could be a phrase, it would just be sensational. Because I'm reminded every single time. I get to be my passionate self. I get to be my ugly self. I get to be my beautiful, like, goddess self. I get to be my most godlike, my most vulnerable. And it's all okay. It's all okay. You know, guarding that I'm not being an asshole. <laughs> you know? Which um, I'm not set about in this world to do. It's not my portion. Okay, so how do you think couples can cultivate this kind of love in their relationship? <laughs> the first thing you got to do is die to self. You have got to be willing to tell your ego where to go. And when you feel it arising, you got to be like, you know what, my G? This is not a place for you right now. You're going to... You're going to cop block my progress right now if you stay. Um, for couples, you've got to be willing to see the best in yourself and champion the best in your lover. You know, we're all at different stages in life. We've all come from different emotional traumas. Um, emotional expectations and you've got to be willing to be honest caring and supportive and you've got to be committed you've got to be committed to your own personal growth and your partner's personal growth your lover sorry your lover's personal growth um those are some of the things. And then you've got to be in the... You've got to be in the space to have conversation. Everything is a conversation. You've got to be willing to understand that the grass is greener where you water it. Like, this love where you get to have all the things that you need in order to enjoy life, peace, power can exist, can exist in this one place with this one person or whoever you choose to share it with. So it's all of those things. And sometimes I call it emptying your handbag. You sometimes have to throw away everything you've ever known and just be able to, to know that you can press reset and refresh at any given opportunity and that you're never starting from scratch, you're starting from experience take those experiences that you've that you've that you've had and bring them bring your best in your relationship so that's what i'd say i hope through that waffle you found some sort of pearl or nugget
Um, and just and be open to the fact, and, and I say this, and we say this a lot to clients, be open to the fact that what it is that takes your love to the next level is something you've never seen or experienced before. Be open to that. I guess this is where I normally do a quick fire round. But I don't have, do I have, can I do a quick fire round? I don't think I can. I think this is, I think this is enough. I think there's enough to chew on here. Um, I want to thank you, lover, for your time, your ear, your patience, your open heart. I want to shout out my 1% lover, Meshach, for being in this wonderful journey of love and power and life with me. I want to shout out my sons, my offspring. I want to shout out to you, 1% lover, which is a state of mind um, for just holding space whilst I talk and share. I have been Annabelle of the Spoon Estate. 1% lover, intimacy alchemist. Please remember the grass is greener where you water it. And I will see you very soon. Much love to you. Bye. Lovers. We really enjoyed sharing in this 1% love conversation with you. I'm Nishak. I'm Annabelle. And you've been listening to the The 1% Lovers Podcast. You can follow us at The Spoon Estate on your favourite social media platform to stay up to date with everything we have going on. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe, rate and review the show on the platform that you're listening from. Remember, the grass is greener where you water it. Join us next time for another episode of The The 1% 1 Lovers Lovers Podcast. Podcast.